holidays, everyone, and welcome. This is Your Brain on Anime. My name is Ashlyn. I am one of your two regular hosts, joined, as always, by Jesse. Happy Honda days, everybody. And for the first time in our little podcast history, we have a guest star on, uh, enjoying our our very first holiday episode as well. Devin, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm a Zoomer. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. We, to, we need that perspective. We've clearly been missing a, uh, mm-hmm. an undercurrent here. Well, I think for this movie, yeah, and you know, definitely it was not uh, an intentional parallelism on my part. I did not do this on purpose. Oh my fucking! As your non-Jewish um, younger audience member, oh. I relate heavily. So for this episode, we watched Tokyo Godfathers, which is a Christmas movie by Satoshi Kon. For all of the the hardcores who are uh, familiar with that name. That might have thrown you for a loop, that particular particular assembly of words in that order. But I assure you, it's very much a Christmas movie. It's very much a Satoshi Kon movie. I really, I had a good time with it. I had a good time with it. We watched the 2019 redub, which I highly recommend. The superior dub. Yeah, let's start a fight about that. Yeah, I'm sure there's a... It's only right. Well, I don't know. As always, the premise of the show is pretty simple. I, a big-time anime nerd, drag my good friend Jesse through just the muck of anime and also the highlights of it to see if uh, it has any noticeable and lasting impact on his brain. Well, I never and... knew that uh, Japan was a real place, so that was kind of... <laughs> no, uh, it was actually really <laughs> nice. At first, I kind of didn't know what to expect because I guess there was a realism to it that hasn't really been in the first three things that we've watched right it's very grounded yeah which ended up giving me a certain feeling as, as it went on i mean maybe we, maybe we get to that as you start to peel yeah. the layers back anything you want to add here Devin, before we jump into our summary here just sort of general first impressions vibes things like that i think it has a lot of things that you would not expect in a Christmas movie about three homeless people. That is fair. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, the short summary of Tokyo Godfathers, it is about three homeless people who find a baby in the trash. That's really the, the short of it. An angel in the trash. This is true. You know, sorry, it's just, it, I guess right away, it's sort of, uh, th- this movie does something where it it, it made me think about when we choose to suspend disbelief where when something's fantastical if you pretty much buy in right away and then everything that follows is sort of like you don't question it whereas in this whole thing i was like okay like that wouldn't happen or blah blah blah. It's like, well, <laughs> one, yeah it could and does and two it's like why is the more realistic thing harder to believe than the full side on to things that are clearly unbelievable. And I was like, oh, that's a really inch. I don't know if that was intentional by the creator, but I started thinking, first off, coincidences happen all the time. That's a, that's a real thing. But if the anime has half dragons or uh, diclone, di- diclone, <laughs> it's like, fuck it. Like, I, I, is it you've given up on believing so it's all contained or is it like an uncanny valley of belief? That was something it felt like this played with a lot. And I really, 
enjoyed that aspect of it. And that does start with, it's like, why would three homeless people find a baby in the trash? It's like, well, Moses was found on the river banks of Egypt, right? Yeah, so where do you draw your fucking line, I guess? <laughs> there's a lot of really fascinating religious iconography and allegory built into this movie that I find fascinating. Again, there's layers to it. And this thing kicks off with a sermon. It sure does, which I'm very unfamiliar with. Well, no, Sweating Preacher was well delivered. I, I'm aware of that. Very passionate. Trope, if it's real. <laughs> Like, I think it still is a trope, yeah. Tropes happen in real just, life, too. Yeah, like, just feels that trope. Just, like, through drive throughs or something? Just, like, and someone says, and you're like, oh, drive through trope. Oh, you <laughs> must get curly fries, yeah. <laughs> you are happy to take my order. Trope. Like, is that, like, this cliche, <laughs> the real version of trope? Uh, not all tropes no. are cliches, but all cliches are tropes. I would love to see this, this various squares that those fit into. Yeah, there's a whole ass website. I will I will bring it to your attention after this. <laughs> I I'm scared of the like derealization hole that will take me down though, because if everything's a trope, it makes everything feel manufactured and then you know let's see. Yeah, how it's fucking it, terrifying. Yeah, six minutes and then an MK Ultra reference. There we go. All right. <laughs> Ticking all the boxes. Excellent. And it's Christmas. I want everyone to feel like, you know, by this time everyone's gonna be real familiar with our bullshit. So that they're brainwashed into <laughs> well, this yeah. holiday. That this is brain on reality and MK Ultra and anime and Elfin Leaf. Yeah, cuddle up with some hot cocoa and existential crises with the uh, your brain on anime crew. Like anything that so, could be sane. So we're introduced to this sermon that then cuts over to two of our main characters, Gin and Hana. They seem to not get along and not like each other at all at first. And there's some some banter back and forth. It's made pretty clear that Hana is a trans woman. The original Tokyo Godfathers was 2003 that this came out. Like, despite the amount of, like, occasionally problematic things, it is wild how much respect this movie gives to Hana throughout it. So I want to say that right out, right out the gate. Ah, good representation for 2003. We get to know the third member of the group, uh, which is Miyuki, who's a lot younger than Gin or Hana. And we get to learn a little bit about Gin's sad backstory of he used to be a, a champion cyclist and lost his family and ended up homeless. Miyuki goes out to uh, to get hot water for the baby, or get water for the baby that they can boil, and runs into some other homeless folks, and they make a comment about how she is Gin's little princess, which is sort of a first bit of foreshadowing that he's maybe not uh, as much of an asshole as he originally seems. Yeah, he was very nurturing and kind of took the lead on taking care of the baby Kyoko. Yes, they end up naming the baby Kyoko. Hana names the baby Kyoko. Uh, and Gin is originally kind of taken aback by it. Uh, he gets sort of upset. It's upset not only that Hana named Kyoko, but also at the name Kyoko. Yeah, he was more so like, why are we not taking this baby to a the police and he, he he didn't make he did make it a point to mention that he wasn't mad about the name because i think he also liked the name because he had chosen it for his own kid yes yes which we will learn later yeah so many yeah, Kyokos. Also, again 2003 with like great representation like there being us like a sort of like we shouldn't take the baby of the cops thing felt like a real foresight into the future yeah yeah uh and yes yes Absolutely. And having that whole that whole bit with Hana being the one to be like, we do not go to the cops with this is very real. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, if you're 
if you are a homeless trans woman, going to the cops, probably never a good idea. Because god damn. And so the next morning when they were going to bring Kyoko to the police, Gin and Miyuki wake up to find out that Hana has run off with the baby. They find her and Hana talks about how it's entirely possible that she'll be better off not being returned to her parents. Sometimes going back to your birth parents isn't necessarily the best thing. The world is big and complicated and there aren't necessarily absolutes and that sort of consideration being given was just very interesting to see yeah that's a take that's that's a i mean i'm glad i'm glad they said that but i also appreciate sort of the um they play with that idea a little bit throughout the movie which is good because again it's sort of that yeah it's a it's more complicated than one way or another and the movie almost introduces sort of like a, a serious premise and then explores it which is nice instead of it just sort of being like an offhand moment i like that I like that. No, it is it is very nice. And then we get to see more stuff later on reinforced about Hana's feelings on on the foster system and what it is like to be raised by parents that aren't your birth parents. Uh, Miyuki briefly mentions her arrest warrant in this scene, which will come up later. And Hana convinces the group to, instead of going to the cops, track down the baby's birth parents and confront them about why did you leave a baby in the trash? They uh, There's a, a key to a locker in the baby's things, which they go to. And at this point, Hana is paying for everything that the group does. And it seems like Gin isn't contributing at all, which again, will come up later and is very interesting. Inside of the locker, they find a bunch of things that belong to the baby's parents. And some uh, business cards that lead them in the direction of a burlesque club. While they're on their way there, the train they're on stops because of the snow. And on the opposite track, Miyuki sees a guy who deeply unsettles her. Uh, He starts to, to dial something into his phone and she jumps out the window of the stopped train and starts running. This leads to Gin and Hana running after her. Uh, And it's revealed that Miyuki dropped the formula that they had for the baby when she jumped out of the the train. And they end up in a cemetery where they find an offering for a baby. And there's a lot of this reinforcement of this idea that all these positive coincidences keep happening around Kyoko because she is God's favorite. Uh, And then as they go to leave, they find a man trapped underneath his car and they help him. (laughs) <laughs> relatable honestly trapped yeah, under a car that you forgot to put in park relatable <laughs> yeah they they help them out and they're headed to the they're headed towards the club because the owner of the club is getting married to the dude's daughter and there's implication that he's you know some kind of mafia relation and there's a small moment while they're at the club that I really love when they're they're sitting uh they're sitting in chairs against the wall just sort of eating hors d'oeuvres just really just going to town on them and Gin turns to Miyuki when uh when Kyoko starts crying and is like oh it's your turn and she just she rolls with it in a way that implies that there's already been a rapport around who is taking care of the diaper changes in rotation, mm-hmm. like in the background of this whole thing. And I loved that. Like, it's such a small detail, 
but it's that kind of small storytelling detail that really, really sells me with this movie. Uh, and it's a it's a very Satoshi Kon thing to have these these little details that are just peppered throughout the material. And all the characters in his works always feel very alive. Yeah, I've never seen anything else from from him, so I'm curious to see like what things I will recognize as like oh that feels familiar to that writing style or. But yeah, no, that, that is a good point. That's cool. It's nice that you can sort of like say everything in a like line that's essentially filling in the blanks backwards and it's really tidy it's real it's that's real tight writing it is it's, it's for how much this particular movie really relies on coincidences it never feels contrived like it always feels very fun it's never a frustrating type of coincidence in my opinion i think it again it's sort of that's like the other part of playing with the sort of like disbelief or or, or however you you know buy in is that it's like this this movie is not fantasy. You know what I mean? It's it's a very it's grounded. It still has realistic equivalent of things that would happen in fantasy or or more like you know uh more fictional even more fictional anime. And it's like like what's what's the equivalent of some energy blast blowing <laughs> through a wall and like starting the next part of like a moment, right? That's a car driving into a building. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's like it's it it almost made it more realistic than I mean a lot of these things are exactly what you would need to move the plot forward in a soap opera. And yet somehow soap opera has actual people in it and that's way less believable. Whereas <laughs> it's handled in such a way here where there's a moment of like, holy shit, but it's consistent in its holy shit that like yeah. you're like, oh, Oh, here! Oh, here it is. You're like, wow. Okay, there's the next one. It feels very. Um, there's like a rhythm to it. That's that's uh, makes it easy to buy in. Like, yeah, like the the sun. The next part, right? Is uh. Yep. Yep. The, the next part assassination is. Assassination <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the waitresses at the party turns out to be an assassin, and tries to to kill the guy that they saved from a car. And the dude who's getting married jumps in front of him. Jumps in the way. And takes the bullets, and the the would-be assassin grabs Miyuki as she's coming out of the bathroom and kidnaps her and the baby. It, it's fantastic because there's a moment there, and that might be the first moment, I'm not sure, where if it as a person viewing media, it gives you this feeling of a tonal shift. All you have Fast to do right. though is pull the lens back one. Tone doesn't exist in reality. There's no like, oh, that's so earth. You know what I mean? That's so human. Yeah. It's not. Everything is chaotic and insane. So like in this weird thing where it's like, oh, this expectation is changed. But homeless people are real. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mafia is real. Assassination mm -hmm. attempts are real. Everything that happens <laughs> is real and intersects. So it's like, so why is it again? It 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 leaves the media and then becomes even more realistic for it so good and the the shift in the scene you're right it does it does make sense because yeah life does not have a consistent tone uh, i love that that's a great line <laughs> yeah this show really leans into that strange uncanny valley but of like reality i, I don't know it's it's something i i don't know if i've ever experienced something like that before you're so it's so used to being like that like visual thing where it's like oh this this looks creepy because it's so almost realistic but this was more like a feeling 
but I loved it. I, I I don't know if I've experienced anything like that before. It's it's a very warm uh, and a very real kind of kind of movie. You know? maybe, yeah, maybe it's that's what because a lot of times when it's like when something's trying to present something to you and it's like you must face reality. It's always really grim or very mm-hmm. like gritty in the way that most people are it's like this is this is humanity this is it and this was like doing that but i was like this is this is humanity sometimes it's a guy gets drunk and and wants to pick a fight with you and that lets you not die to ambulance who needs an ambulance now like yep i like I would, it i would also go to argue that that was one of a po- positive coincidence that happened because like right before the assassination Jin was gonna beat the shit out of that guy True. Because he True. he's like, oh, he got me into the debt I have. All the gambling shit. I'm gonna kill him. Yeah. And as Hamas tried to stop with the assassins, like, uh, don't worry, I'm here to take the fall for y'all. <laughs> well, yeah, it's cool. You you and again, great writing because you see a sort of passive plot point move forward. You know, her father doesn't really approve of this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't he? Yeah, scumbag. Yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah. He's a fucking scumbag. So, isn't their relationship is now improved by the moment kind of off screen. True. True. Uh, and then we, we cut to outside where the waitress who attempted the assassination uh, takes off a wig, reveals that it was all a disguise. And the shooter uh, who we later learn is named Mario takes Miyuki <clears throat> into a cab to a different part of the city. And is is asking questions about the baby and eventually just like leaves her with his wife. <laughs> the issue is he only speaks Spanish, so no one knows what's going yeah. on. There's there's a language barrier. Eventually, Miyuki and Maria, the wife, are able to communicate a little bit, like with a couple of common words. And Maria takes care of uh, Kyoko. Here we learn that Miyuki is homeless because. She stabbed her dad, who is a cop, and is the guy who was on the other train earlier, and is convinced that he is trying to arrest her. But was it because she was like, where's my cat? So she thought he had something to do with her cat? Yeah, she thought he had something to do with her cat going missing. And there's sort of a general undercurrent that we get from her flashback that he was sort of neglectful toward her in general. Which I think is important. Because, like, she threw his scarf at him in that scene. But then when you mm-hmm. go back to the train scene, that's the scarf he's wearing. And you're like, oh, well, hang on, though. Again, it, it does this really good thing. Yeah. A kid yep. doesn't know shit. Oh, yeah. Now, not always. But sometimes, situationally, when you're young, you don't, you're not, you know. Some of us are, are never get our brains fully developed, so it, it never does. <laughs> But um, like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I have this cat. Oh my Maybe god, you oh my god, my dad doesn't pay attention. Like, and this things culminate to just doing something rash Acting because out. you're yeah. a child. And then again, if if the writing is so consistently tight, which it is, it also shows like maybe that wasn't exactly correct but we don't know it is a flashback i'm not sure maybe maybe he did wise up maybe getting stabbed really is the <laughs> way for some people to be like the wake up call doing the goddamn things i'm doing i think a brush with death is a real uh real morality shaker i mean that probably would put things into perspective for you yeah like why did my kid some people? Me? let me look at this 
for some people, a brush with death changes nothing, as we will see. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Gin and Hana have a have a like this big blowout argument over Gin not really being all that concerned that Miyuki and Kyoko got kidnapped. They go their separate ways. Gin ends up meeting an older, dying homeless man. After they bond for a little bit, they get the shit kicked out of them by a bunch of dickheads. The older man dies, and Gin gets rescued by what seems to be a literal angel. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Hana, Hana ends up finding Kyoko and Miyuki. And we also get this little bit of of foreshadowing of uh, Hana coughing up blood. Not knowing where else to go, Hana and Miyuki take Kyoko to the Angel Tower, which is the club that Hana's adoptive mother runs, which seems to be like a burlesque club that is a, a drag club, but also most of the women that we see there are are, are actually just trans. So it, it's very interesting. And this is a thing that happens a lot in anime and similar media where there's this sort of confusion of someone who is in drag and someone who is trans. And especially in the early aughts, this was a big struggle for media creators of all types. Mm-hmm. And it is still a big struggle for a lot of media creators. Um, which, if if you are struggling with that, the easiest way to uh, to solve that problem is talk to a fucking trans person. Look, man, we're just queers who care. <laughs> Such a good line. <gasps> also, another good line was, uh, "Do you want my magic or an ambulance?" Yes. Oh, yes, yeah, from the lovely angel. Jesse's yes. like, what? I was like, so, so down. You're like, is that. this real? It's like, is he seeing an actual angel? I was like, are we doing a little something here? No, it was playing with it in the same way that it was playing with everything else it did in the, in the movie. It was, it was great. Yeah. Uh, at the, at the angel tower, we do learn that Hana used to be married uh, and her husband died slipping on a bar of soap in the shower, which is honestly refreshing. Cause again, early aughts, her adoptive mother even asks if, if her husband died of AIDS and she just, she responds, no, he, he slipped on a bar of soap in the shower. And when you look at other representations of queer characters in media at the time, that sort of hard swerve deviation is massive. Uh, so I just want to shout out that that was a good moment. That gives me same vibe as Prince of Diana shaking hands with AIDS. <laughs> Everyone's like, don't do it. And then she's just like, you guys are actually insane what are you talking about i also love the fact that like by all accounts uh hannah and her husband were just like in a happy relationship and she completely fell apart after he died that's really tragic yeah poor hannah yeah she didn't even like think she could come back home too after like an incident and now she just knows that she can yeah and that's nice and we also find out that uh gin found a a picture that sort of shows the relative location of where Kyoko's parents live. And so they start heading there and there's a really cute montage with some fantastic music during all of that, which unfortunately leads to the big letdown after a scene of a bunch of adorable cats that the building is demolished. It's really not not there anymore. 
And then another great visual gag is them going from like the cat lady to every other person who lives in the neighborhood, just like asking them if they know about the couple that used to live there. The auntie's gossip, man. Word gets around quick. It was the hot goss moment. Yeah. I, just, I love it. I love that every time they cut back because they, they More. cut between them, like moving around and them talking to everyone. And it's it's just a growing contingent of people. And I love it. Hey, maybe Yoshizawa knows. Hey, maybe Kawagawa knows. <laughs> hey, maybe. And they all have like separate pieces of information to add. Someone's oh, got hey. like, oh, yeah, I heard that. And then this. <laughs> Did you get that? No, but I heard this too. And you're like, what is going on with these two? It's so good. Uh, other thing to notice, actually, on the the topic of the, the gossip circle, because this is a thing that is still a, a common criticism in anime. The amount of body types that we see in this movie is great. Oh, that is a good point. Again, Satoshi Khan in his directing, like, mwah, I love him. Uh, but yeah, the the just sheer representation of body types is is lovely. If you want an anime that is a visual treat in every way, yes. Uh, but anyway, Miyuki finds a note in a classified ad, presumably one that her dad put out, that just says, Angel, which is the name of her cat, came home, I love you. And later that night, she calls her dad. And while she's doing that and, like, can't bring herself to have a conversation with him and ends up crying in the uh, in the payphone booth, Gin sort of slips up and reveals to Hana that, no, his family didn't die because of his tragic past as a professional cyclist. Uh, he had a gambling and drinking problem and eventually became so ashamed that he would rather be homeless than face his family. There is a confrontation between a drunken Gin and the owner of the store who's trying to politely ask them to leave. Uh, and then there's also another drunk guy. They all get into it. The, the argument spills out into the area in front of the store. And then a fucking ambulance crashes through the storefront right as Hana passes out, bleeding from the mouth again. Which brings us to the hospital where... Miyuki meets a nurse named Kyoko. Very soon after this, we learn that that Kyoko, uh, other Kyoko, is Gin's daughter. And we also learn that Hana's condition isn't terribly serious as long as she starts taking care of herself. Because all of the overexertion is starting to put a strain on her body and she's malnourished. While they're reconnecting, other Kyoko gives Gin her number. So that they can, you know, continue to have a relationship as father and daughter. And mentions that she's getting married. And Hana very publicly freaks out at Gin here. And pulls, like, such a major self-destructive queer move that I am wildly familiar with. I'm like, oh, my friends should be happy, so I'll be the villain in this situation. Yeah, you guys fucking stop doing that. Yeah, I'm getting better at it. That moment was a very personal attack. <laughs> yeah, she even described the story about like, and then they, you know, finally it illustrated them as the devils, the red and blue one. Yeah, I, I'm just straight up blue devil. I make myself, you know, look like the bad guy so he can come in and save the day. And I just disappear into the background and they are all happy over there while I'm just, I'm here doing my thing. Yeah, we love her. 
She's so good. Like, she sacrificed herself for this family that she found, but now she's just like, but they have real ones. Like, I'm not real enough for them to care that much about me. And I'm like, no, Hannah, yeah. please. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's her moment. That's what she does through the the whole thing. Even even that with the... um. It was yeah. just like, oh, I can't go back because, you know, oh, and they're like, we just paid the guy off. Which, so she's been doing that. By the she's, way, she's consistent in doing that. I think he was the drunk guy in the, the little convenience <laughs> store before the ambulance came through. I wouldn't be shocked with, with how much like circuitous coincidence this movie uses. Uh, Hana and Miyuki head off. They, they leave. Gin stays at the hospital and he's watching TV. And Miyuki and Hana, while Hana is talking about wanting to throw herself off of a bridge, they see a woman about to actually throw herself off of a bridge. They stop her. Turns out it's Sachiko, who is, uh, as far as they know, uh, baby Kyoko's mother. Oh my gosh, everything is going to turn out great. And then we cut over to Gin, who's watching TV, and there's a news bulletin about the fact that the baby they've been running around with was kidnapped and stolen from a hospital ward. Which is fun. <laughs> let, yeah. me, let me continue to say, well, that's fun, though, so it doesn't sound like I'm signing off on abducting, <laughs> you know, like, panic abducting a child from nah, a hospital. that kid. Um, Yoink. Earlier they say that. Earlier they say, like, oh, there's a kid missing. And like you thinking like oh yeah the like the the sort of gut reaction is okay the kid's missing and now they think the kid's been taken by oh I wonder when that's gonna happen is there gonna be a misunderstanding nope just just fun foreshadowing again yeah. really nice <laughs> writing so they give the baby to Sachiko and she wanders off then we cut over to Gin who is at the address he has found for Sachiko, which looks like the fucking worst hoarder's hellscape on the planet. Where I used to house it, yeah. That's what you call neat. <laughs> yeah, right? They don't leave the house, trash piles up. If someone doesn't take care of it, then it's not taken care of. And in there, he encounters her husband. He encounters Sachiko's husband, who really casually, like, um, so I would expect someone to have a little bit more urgency in this situation, but he's also like a complete wiener baby loser. So I also get it. Uh, it's just like, oh yeah, she totally kidnapped that kid. Yeah, she had a, she had a miscarriage and like kidnapped someone else's baby. And he's so fucking casual about it. I want to throw something at this man. Which I'm confused on it being from a place of like, if I say something, I could be accessory to the crime. <laughs> or he just doesn't take accountability since he's got gambling and drinking issues. Which yeah. probably could be both, but probably the latter. It just showcases a sort of consistent thoughtlessness of the character. Yeah, he's very distant from the current reality Everything. he's in. Yeah. Uh, Gin does metaphorically confront his own demons in the form of this fucking idiot. And uh, kind of gives him the speech I think he feels like he wanted to get at some point, but never did. And he runs into the, the girls and explains the situation after biking like a madman. And we have a quick cut over to Sachiko being really bizarre, trying to feed Kyoko in a park. 
the gang is running all over Tokyo trying to find her. And they do. And a chase kicks off. And this is where the fucking budget of this movie went. Because this chase sequence is fucking sick. I'm sorry. It rules. Um, no, it's good as hell. Yeah, we've got Gin chasing someone on a bike. We've got a, a, a cabbie uh, a side character from earlier who gets roped into Hana's shenanigans again. Cars are crashing into buildings. Cars are chasing after cars that have crashed into buildings. People are fucking dive rolling with babies into railings and the baby is okay. Don't worry, folks. Gin gets taken out of action. Definitely cracked a rib after finally getting uh, Kyoko away from Sachiko. Sachiko basically just walks over and takes Kyoko back and starts running up the building. Uh, Hana stops to take care of Gin and Miyuki is running up the stairs after Sachiko. They end up on the roof of the building. The news helicopters are circling overhead and and Sachiko gets up on the side of the roof and is like, I'm a fucking jump. And Miyuki tries to talk her down. Uh, and it almost seems like it works for a second until it doesn't. And then her husband shows up and is like, hey, I'm also going to try to talk you down. Uh, and he also fucking beefs it. She goes to jump. Uh, Miyuki tries to grab her. Sachiko tries to hand off the baby so that uh, Miyuki will let her fall. Ends with almost everyone falling. Then Gin and Hana show up. They start grabbing onto everyone. It's a very human chain sort of situation. Sachiko drops Kyoko. And then the literal miracle moment of the movie happens when Hana jumps off the building to catch Kyoko and grabs onto a banner as she's falling. And a divine gust of wind lifts up the banner so they can safely reach the ground without splattering. You know, the uh, that the miracle moment being saved for there is really, really good. Because it, it, it showcases just how much of the like the coincidences up to that are actually believable. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also want to give a shout to the character for I don't think she just jumps off the building. I think she runs down she the side. She fucking runs and slides. <laughs> Tumbles. This, like, this like very athletic. Tom like, Cruise I, is jealous. I, I couldn't possibly roll high enough to let a DM let me do that. <laughs> I couldn't convince and, them to let me and do she, that. Uh, yeah. She does some real not miracle shit. That was some. That was that was dexterous. It was. So let's it let's was. make sure we. <laughs> <laughs> you want to watch it to like actually digest that. This is someone walking down a fucking side of a building, and you got to respect that. It's insane how good it is. It's Brad. The entire third act of of this movie is so fucking good, uh, and like emotionally intense. It's a oh, very yeah. Christ. It is emotionally intense, and we we kind of close out the movie with the detectives talking to the the family of the baby who has a name that isn't Kyoko. We don't get to learn what that name is, but she has another name. They're talking to the family saying, oh, we do have the folks who, you know, saved your baby here. If you want to see that. We cut over to, to that room where, you know, our, our three protagonists are all just sort of 
talking and decompressing about this whole situation, the the investigator comes in uh, after warning the family that like, hey, just so you know, they're homeless. And the family's like, we don't give a shit. We want them to be our child's godparents, which is rad. Like, rad move on their part. Uh, And then the investigator opens the door. It turns out it's Miyuki's dad. And we cut to a very playful credit screen. I fucking love this movie. Like, (laughs) I don't know what else to say other than the fact that this movie fills me with a, a holiday spirit warmth that I don't often feel. Like, I kind of want to go out and and listen to, like, shitty sleigh bells and walk through the snow. <laughs> I know, it's odd for me to be the festive one. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, very much. No, uh, this, <laughs> this was good. This At first, it started so, like... To me, not like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not. It's probably not as straightforward as thing. But I was like, again, I'm I'm coming off the uh, of Dragon Half. You know yeah. what I mean? So to the to anything compared to that is literally like super realism. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, okay. And I was thinking, oh, maybe maybe that's not my vibe. Maybe I'm more. Maybe I like more escapism, right? No. Pretty pretty quickly, it turned into being pretty pretty goddamn interesting. My the takeaways that I've already mentioned, like I think that was fun. That was fun to be sort of messed with, like using like coincidence is magic. (laughs) Yeah, and it is like because um, God, we're we're learning a song for this rehearsal. Doing a song called "Superposition" by Young Giant. Fucking song slaps. This song's about that kind of thing too, where it's like um, I can't. Of course, I don't have the lyrics on some of it, but basically, when things can't be explained, superposition, and it's like, yeah, that's just magical. This movie <laughs> is basically, yeah, it's a lot of coincidences. But how many coincidences? Everything you do is coincidence. The car that cuts you off and you throw a middle finger at they are only there to cut you off because of all the random things they did throughout their day, you know? Like, what is established as your sort of, like, lore for the day is just the reflections of everybody's randomness. So, coincidence is magic, and this this grounding that so hard really made it feel like magic's all around you, but in a very not cheesy way. And I, yes. I fucked with that heavily. And uh, yeah, I already know where this is going on the list when we get there. But this is uh, this was really good. It was really well animated. I felt like um, oh god, yeah, the animation in this is so fucking it's stellar. Yeah, the music. Um, right, that's who I got to look up. I'm gonna do that right as we're doing this because I got to yeah. know who was making that. Literally, like I was like, there was one part I was like, I'm in the gold saucer in Final Fantasy. <laughs> I'm now I have a gambling and, and alcohol problem. Yeah, I lost I'm, my kids <laughs> to triple triad. Yeah. <gasps> oh, that gambling drives me copo. <laughs> I'm under arrest by Cactarla. So some some fun trivia about the uh about the 2019 redub oh, of Tokyo uh, Godfathers, by the way. Uh first of all whole new voice cast. I don't think anyone from the original uh, voice cast returning. Yeah. Not even the baby. I, I don't think even the baby. Oh. No, no, I know it's, it's wild. 
It's really wild. Uh, but for Hana, Hana is actually voiced in this dub by uh, Shakina Nefak, who is a trans woman. And I just like that they actually gave a shit about that piece of casting. It, oh, wow. it's, it's nice because frequently you don't see that. <laughs> right. Also, the, uh, the, the struggles that they have that are just sort of in the background for a lot of the, uh, a lot of the homeless characters are really interesting that the show actually is willing to deal with those topics. Like they touch on the fact that folks avoid them and aren't, aren't as kind because they smell bad. Mm-hmm. It's a small detail, but it, it, adds to how real it is uh, and also the fact that you know uh the way that hana is drawn they, there are small extremely small bits of stubble that appear in certain lights that really just just emphasize the she was in the process of you know doing all of her transition related things and her life fell out from under her mm-hmm. Uh, which is a very real, very honest thing. And that is never brought up as a direct plot point. It's never brought up as a point of ridicule. There's so much small attention to detail that it really makes me wonder, because that's stuff that happened in the 2003 version, mm-hmm. that that kind of detail of like, was there that level of detail just because Satoshi Khan is super observant? Or, yeah, was there a trans person on the writing or art staff? I, I'd be very curious to know. Yeah, I feel like, uh, I mean, not to be a bummer, but it feels like there's so much regression in yeah. the way things are handled in common media. <laughs> it, is, it is nice to see that it, you know, was handled mostly delicately. There's some jokes where I was just like, yeah, really? But, oh yeah, there's there's some stuff in here that's like, oh, that hasn't aged well, and yeah. then it's like, oh, this movie's fucking twenty years old, <laughs> right? And they kind of only attributed it to one person, which mm-hmm. again, I don't want to give anybody any free passes if it's it's if it just hasn't aged well, hasn't aged well. But it it did seem like, and I don't I don't know, I'm still not exactly sure how I feel about it, but it seemed like it was only uh gin yeah only and there's something i'm like oh it wasn't like a constant source of humor it wasn't a constant you know what i mean to or drawing attention to anything it wasn't it was that dude's an asshole he uh, only knows low blows that's all he's been dealt with and that's all he keeps doing he's he's kind of a bottom barrel with how scummy he was like gambling and drinking and everything and there's even uh you can see moments where like in between those points where he's being extremely shitty, where he still does acknowledge Hana as a woman. It's inconsistent in a way where, where it's like, oh, this is the kind of person who is shitty. Like, there's no excusing it. The thing they are doing is shitty, and they have to actively try to be decent. Uh, and it is a constant active process in any moment that they aren't, you know, consciously thinking about not being an asshole. They are an asshole. <laughs> Which, 
you know. Real. Yeah, no free passes, but also it, it was 2003. Yeah. And, and it's still better than some representation from, you know, 10 years later, 20 years later. Don't. Don't tell me this was 20 years ago. Don't do that. Okay, sorry. Uh it was came out in 2003, you know, last year. Yeah. I'm so glad that everything's <laughs> Bro, so for everybody. I was four. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say things like that. I have to. <laughs> um you know what you're getting into. Get fucking bodied. Yeah, bro. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> get body Sachigo got bodied hard in life. What the fuck? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I was I was yeah. thinking about like while we were talking, and I'm like the timeline of things that happened to her was she was the breadwinner. They estimate the aunties say she lost her house three months prior, and they left, and then they got into this like little shack place. Husband's still not doing anything. In that period, she lost her. She had a miscarriage, mm-hmm. and then with not a good support system, like he doesn't give a shit. She just spiraled, and she said, "You know what? I'm yoinking a baby." Uh yeah, I feel like um there's this there's this thing where it's like and I, I'm I know I'm coming out of this angle of someone who is uh just not as like it's not first instinct for me to like think about it that way because it's like some part you're doing is like someone someone just stop her. Someone just stop her. Yeah. Just, and it's like no homie, Jesse, me. Um there's postpartum depression. There's mm-hmm. all sorts of things. There's so much like hormonal things that happens to a woman, like yeah. through the process of being pregnant and giving birth. It's like, again, this is not a, a, a near, not even close to being unrealistic moment. This is something oh, that happens. Absolutely. So it's like, and to me, I have to, it's an interesting thing because it's like, you have to think about those things if it's not something you're constantly exposed to, you know? And uh, I'm not perfect i don't know i don't know everything i don't know everything right away but like it, it was it was nice to have something kind of go like nah homie this is like might as well be based on a true story mm-hmm. people driving to buildings all the time you know women have to deal with constant hormonal shifts and especially pregnancy which is like the more i hear about pregnancy the more uh insane it sounds oh absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah you know um real life like chest burster bro like what is this <laughs> Okay, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I and kind so- of need that. I need that Christmas anime. I need the anime where, where, uh, you know, baby turns alien. We- what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With oh, you're a spirit. Oh my god. Hang on. Yeah, I'm writing that. I'm plotting. <laughs> Excellent. Alien <laughs> baby <laughs> for Christmas. Uh, no, uh, but yeah, that was it's 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 uh, so real. I kind of like that. It, it, it didn't make it zany. It didn't. It never felt like you know. Again, I, I looked up the composer, and the, and okay, I have, I have things to say there, but it did oh. still just have sort of a. It was a realistic thing. Like, this is this is what happens. Wasn't there some astronaut, a uh, lady who like drove cross country to like threaten some of the shotgun. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> what? That happened. Uh, that happened. So like again. This this show doesn't like go cuckoo crazy like look at this crazy thing that never happens the oh, yeah. whole time it's just like this is the intersection of people's lives and I liked that I liked what it made me think about I liked having to sort of challenge the like strange like I'm gonna apply my dude logic to a situation that has <laughs> nothing to do with me you know what I mean yeah. like, it's nice it's nice to be engaged in that way to as reminders. 
you know? Well, that's the thing, too, is, like, even though, like, you don't think you have a part, that's also a two-part process. So. True. True. Like, that, that's, like, you're, you're either, sure, you're not doing all the, like, physical, but you can be there for the mental, emotional, you know? It was an anime that I was not in. But. <laughs> But you could I understand that the sauce is provided could. from a certain part of it. I'm not that like no no no. I know I'm going on the fucking record to make sure that I went <laughs> <laughs> off like I got nothing to do with this fucking broad. Give the woman W's, bro. What's, where's the at? <laughs> no, that's not at all the same. I was saying to <laughs> apply viewer logic to an yeah, anime. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That's not. <laughs> I don't do this. I was literally going on the record talking about how my first instinct was wrong. Don't. <laughs> I need to be lit up for something else. <laughs> Goddamn women. Now look what you've done. <laughs> Seriously. Feminism. Feminism. Let's, let's go far away from the uh, the misinterpreting what I was saying, lest I be accused of mansplaining. Yeah, you're wrong, the man. The person who did the music did the music for Earthbound and Mother. Wait, really? Are you fucking kidding me? That's why it sounds like video Oh, music. motherfucker, uh, yeah. That takes. It, it comes from the. How did he get on this shit? Hang on, that's rad as hell. Yeah, also something to do with Smash Brothers, but uh, uh, that's Smash Bros. Uh, yeah, that's something. they got a lot. That's, that's so fucking cool. Uh, yeah, huh? it's. Uh, let's see. The the person is music by Keiichi Suzuki, Japanese musician, singer, and record producer, known as Owens. Yeah, Mother Earthbound. Music contributions, and then a couple other uh, film scores. Hell but, yeah. I didn't think he did that film. That does explain why I, I was like, I'm like, feeling is, it. Is this battle music? Are we about to, <laughs> <laughs> about to fight a large bird at the top of a volcano? Literally, boss battle. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense why that, why the score for that third act feels so fucking kinetic. Yeah, there, yeah there, was, there was uh like some looping aspects to the music that I was like, I'm so glad that like that 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 checked out and it wasn't just me like critiquing someone's music. That just they're really oh, yeah. a, a, a game component to the sound and 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 now we know why. Yeah, and it it really comes across so well. That montage sequence is incredible, and. Just everything about this really works. And I think this is a great example of an anime that you can show someone who only thinks about like actiony shonen uh anime when they when they think of the the medium. Because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, anime. You mean like Naruto and Bleach and One Piece? And it's like, well. Yes, but also no. Well, that's probably what like colors so much of what like people's like get reaction to the idea of anime being so separate from you know cartoons or whatever is a it's it has like a weird stereotype. You mm-hmm. think of the Naruto, think of that, and it's like it's like I've seen you know. Well, I started the sentence, and I'm trying to think of any okay. Is is there like a cartoon that's serious? Like outside of like the Rugrats Hanukkah special, which Adventure Time literally slaps. Okay, Adventure Time's cool, but I'm yeah you know, definitely good. I'm like, but like, like the problem I ran into, I was like trying to think of like serious, and I was like, oh yeah, like Samurai Jack, and I'm like, well, but that lends itself to anime 
direction. Yeah. So or or Avatar the Last Airbender, which is oh, yes. fully inspired. Right. But like and I was, I was like, I was like, something like Adventure Time, does it does it also take some of the art? And I, again, I don't know enough about it to say like either owns or claims ownership of like a certain way of of you know showcasing emotion. But uh, I'm assuming there's examples of cartoons that at least sort of oh. defy the expectation in the same way that you could see, you know, Tokyo Godfathers, and that defies the expectation of anime. Fucking Bluey. <laughs> Bluey's yeah. got a, they had a thing they had a really good moment of like two mama dogs or whatever they came to like have their kids have a play date and the other mom just like can see the stress on Bluey's mom and she just goes hey are you alright like are you doing okay like do you need help and like it just kind of like the mom was like taken aback that someone actually like extended or asked that she needed help and I was like bro what, what the, the hell, hell is this kid show? It's so that's good, but yeah. yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. like even the cartoon character itself was like, we don't, we don't do. Yeah, that. and then they, ha- I think they talked about like the mama dog having a, you know, a miscarriage at some point, and you just see like the subtle like, the dad dog just Wait. hold her hand, like squeeze her hand when the kid's just asking about it, and you're like, bro, I think yeah, there's a couple like clips that like really, okay, kind of. There's Wait. Bluey's kind of cooking. Bluey, and that's is that yeah, it's Bluey. It's the Australian Aussie dogs. They had a video game come out recently. That's why I know so much. That's <laughs> oh. it's a four player. Yeah, I know. Don't ask yeah. me about it. <laughs> we, we're Apparently, it's really good. <laughs> we went on a journey together. No, yeah, uh, and I'm I'm gonna need you to elaborate on this a little bit. So I am wildly unfamiliar. What Bluey video game? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a four-player, uh, a four-player game that takes up like two D three, like two D partial three D style, and you play as like the dad dog, the mama dog, and then uh, Bingo and oh my god, what's the other one? I don't remember. Uh, but the other dog. So you play as your family of four, and you go like on little adventures and all this stuff. Just that's why. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I, apparently it's been good, so I don't know. But all right, damn. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I, but like the couple, the few clips I've seen of that show, they've like they've done serious topics and they've done it well. And I'm like, okay, I'll do a find them and I'll show you guys later. But yeah, they're kind of kind of sad, <laughs> but they're real. I just thought something that that I would say kind of goes about it in the same way as uh, I really got to just take the word ghoul out of my brain for this episode. <laughs> Tokyo ghoul, Tokyo ghoul. But it's like Tokyo Godfathers. Uh, hey Arnold. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey Arnold. Yeah. Is, hey Arnold. Oh, hey Arnold, yeah. In the same vein of, of kind of like a city life thing. And like, again, it's yeah. like, oh, kooky family uh, and like boarding house. It's like, yeah, if you if you were I imagine if you were like in a situation with at a boarding house like when you live there, you would probably see all sorts of interesting people. It's like I can't believe how crazy his grandparents are. Yeah, yeah I can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I've been there. Like, yeah, have yeah. those. Times. She was crazy. Different kind of crazy, but yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, no, like my crazy one. Shows, it does a good job of that same thing where it's like it's almost slice of life, but also sort of like super real slice of life. Yeah, 
It's not like, oh, hey, we're going to go to the park today. It's like, hey, we're going to go figure out like how to get someone out of the foster house. Yeah, so I guess the point was essentially going that is in the same way, like you show, you know, Tokyo Godfather. Someone, it's like someone's like cartoons, like oh, you know, Ren and Stippy or people hitting each other in the head. It's like, no, here's Hey Arnold, check that out. Like that would not be someone's first. Yeah, like slapstick humor. Like that shit about like Pigeon Man or like the Abdicator, where like they're kind of like talking about like a like a retired superhero understanding that abdication means to give up responsibility, like. And like cool explanations of folklore, and it's like, yeah, that wouldn't be my first guess. I just, um, you know, I grew up with it, so of course it's in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's fun to be surprised by the depth of uh, different types of media. Yeah. So how uh, how are you feeling? Are you feeling like uh, like maybe slightly more realistic anime is is potentially pretty interesting for you? Yeah, I I think I think good writing is interesting. You know, a good story is interesting, no matter how uh, grounded or not it is. No Yamcha death scene. No Yamcha death. So we're, scene. we're one and three on that, but it, <laughs> despite that clear issue, no, um, no, it was really cool. That was fun. I uh, it, it challenged my initial reaction to be like, uh, am I going to check out a little bit? I don't know why. Just sometimes I think that might happen. But no, the characters share this moment and within the span of like roughly 90 minutes, you kind of get a shit ton of backstory and current story and uh, a lot of resolution for 90 minutes. A lot of Yeah. (laughs) Which is great. And it did feel like a, a, a holiday movie. Yeah, it definitely puts you in the the holiday spirit. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's it's really warm. It's a very cozy film. Uh even though some points of it are absolutely like just full adrenaline in the back half. It's it's very cozy. It's very warm. I would recommend this as a movie to you know, curl up with your friends too and watch. I don't know. Get a get a cup of hot cocoa and this movie makes you feel warm. You know, it's you get to see this little found family that even though at by the end of it, there's this implication that they're probably going to end up going their separate ways. They're still going to end up, you know, being in some way together. They have changed each other. Yeah. Some of their various moments of uh, acceptance occurred because of each other. And so uh, that's. That like kind of com- that combines the moment with the people for them. Well, that's that's how I usually view things that happen in my life that are like changes. That, like I'm not necessarily like. Well, I'm definitely not like God has a plan for all of us. Um, yeah, that's that ain't that ain't necessarily where I'm at with that. And I'm okay. not sort of like here's this thing that has happened to me. To me, it's like if anything happens, it's through other people. So I link them to the moments that are uh, are that are uh, powerful or changing, as far as I'm concerned. So I liked that the movie seemed to imply that as well. So onto uh, onto our our fun rating scale, uh, Devin, if you'd like to join in, feel free. 
But uh, here is where Jesse ranks the movies and anime series that I have forced him at fun point to watch uh, on a on a tier list from S to F. So where does Tokyo Godfathers fall? Getting a nice stretch for this one. <laughs> it's good. Oh, doing my best dick saucer to uh, really get myself in the moment. Oh yeah, you gotta gotta get those dick saucer reps in. You know, now <clears throat> man's a hero. Excuse me. I'm gonna do the hand motions for this one to really bring it home. <laughs> uh, Make miracle happen, man. It's if if I start with a Y and then I go to an M and then I go to a C, I'm gonna follow that up with a big old fucking Angel Tower A. Hell yeah! This is an A. Um, the only reason it's not an S is because I'm biased, <laughs> and that's because I I currently refuse to remove <laughs> Bachi the Rock from the solo throne in the highest S. <laughs> anime no uh this is an a because this is an absolutely fantastic movie it was it was great it uh i would watch this again it feels cozy all the things that you said about it that uh are enjoyable were enjoyable for me as well um and it's not an a because it's not an s it's just a, a is like what I want. A was what I want shit to hit. S is a, if it somehow checks secret, <laughs> secret divine boxes <laughs> in my mind. Uh, and and this one even did a little bit. That ex- I would I would say A plus if if there was room okay. to do that because again I really enjoyed I enjoy the coincidence is magic take. I love that. I love that. That's that thin, silk, beautiful, shining thread between fiction and nonfiction. And uh, oh, yeah. it was fantastic. Thanks for sharing. I'm very scared of whatever's next. I wouldn't be. It's fine, dude. It's, it's nothing to worry about. Uh, this, for me, also lands pretty solidly in the, in the A category. There's so much about it that I love. Like, I can easily sit down and, like, pick apart any given frame of this movie and find multiple things that I just adore about it. And there are some moments, some little moments here and there that are rough around the edges, mm-hmm. but as a cohesive product, yes, this is an A. This is the kind of anime movie where someone is like, I don't think that Anime is a, is an emotionally honest art form. I will slap them upside the head with a DVD case of this film. Is is that a is that a? <laughs> I like the imagery though. Thank you. Is that like a real <laughs> feeling? Like I, I could imagine people. Well, there is a experience. I, I haven't oh, experienced yeah, every emotion, so who knows. But like, I could imagine someone being like, "I'm not into anime because it's too emotional." Are there people who are like, "Anime is not emotional enough"? Uh, there are folks who are like, "It's not emotionally honest." That all of the stakes are heightened to absurd degrees where you can't relate to them anymore. Uh, that that is an argument that some people have. They are allowed to have that opinion. I disagree very strongly, but they are entitled to it. Well, okay, so I'm like trying to think of like... You're always going to have two sides of a coin. 
I'm thinking of Spongebob. Yeah. Like, but if like, my emotions don't... don't get rocked, then it's not good for me, man. <laughs> I want to weep and sob for three days at a time with my eyeballs popping out of my head. Totally fair. But... <laughs> <laughs> Look, I uh, most of my anime that are going to fall on the, the upper end of this, they are also ones that make me cry. So I, I feel that, Devin. I feel that. Oh, yeah. Anime has never made me cry. Okay, I don't want to. I'll find moments, bro. Wait, hold on. I think there's a clip from, from our first episode. <gasps> hold on. From Lee where he's like, please give me a hug. I'm sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> no, I, I think there's over. an end. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna actually add that clip in right here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh look. Oh shit. That's Jesse oh, saying, uh, oh, saying yes. this moment in Bocce the Rock made me cry. Oh my god, she's too many cries. In this world, of, of there's so many ways to... Well, see, now I didn't even get to my premise, which is, if you want to know why that's total bullshit, go back <laughs> to the first episode. But now through the power of fucking uh, divine digital intervention, I have now been... <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry that you got owned like that. That's okay. That's all right. Uh, I have enough L's to make a hypercube and then watch the movie and then cry. Anime instead. We're we're queers who care. I'm sorry. You're stuck with it. Uh, As we usually do, as we wrap up, uh, first, some minor housekeeping. Uh oh. We're going to be changing the frequency at which your brain on anime is released. We're moving from every other week to every week with our new schedule <gasps> going into 2024. This is a very exciting thing. I'm, I'm yeah, very looking this? forward to it. Uh, I am your host, uh, Ashlyn or Ash. You can find me everywhere on the internet, uh, except for places that I don't frequent. As Ashlands Crits. <laughs> Everywhere except for the places I am not. Time for you to go looking. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna mostly that's gonna mostly be uh your Twitch where I don't stream. Uh and your uh <laughs> that's really about it. There's a there's a Twitch I don't use and a YouTube that I'm working on videos for. <laughs> don't want heads on. <laughs> oh. one, no, it's I didn't even hear what you said. Where we don't watch what? I'm just sitting editing and then it'll be all right. Okay, fantastic. Oh. Because look, we're not watching our fucking anime on YouTube. Um wait, 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 not wait. 2001 anymore. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. <laughs> what if it's only on YouTube? Then we move to other anime. I'll put my Chobits playlist somewhere else then. Okay. We are not watching Chobits. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, that was an interesting reaction. I have no idea what Chobits is. Oh, it's fine. Clamp is know, a, Clamp's a monster. Don't mind Clamp. But that's a YouTube one, right? Right. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll send it to you. Don't worry. No, we can watch it on our own. Additionally, <laughs> additionally, by the time this goes up, Patreon will be live. <gasps> uh, we don't really have any special episodes planned for Patreon just yet, but uh, there's the dollar tier if you want to help cover the uh, the subscription for Crunchyroll. Where we watch most of our most of our anime, and also just to help us do this podcast full time, that would also be cool. Uh, we put a lot of time into the watching and the note taking, and 
the the analysis of a bunch of these. Uh, I mean, I I tend to. So hey, what the uh, yeah, every little bit helps. What the fuck was that? <laughs> what kind of? Hey, quit quit doing. Uh, sorry, what's the name of the director on this one? Satoshi Kon. Uh, Satoshi Kon. Satoshi. Quit doing Satoshi Kon writing by implying <laughs> my character development is me not putting time and watching and taking. Well, then maybe work on it, bro. I I didn't imply anything. I I was just well, at least speaking I, for myself and not for you. Uh, well, yeah, I respect. I appreciate and respect that. Um. Um. <laughs> Floor's all yours, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's why I'm standing on it in socks and it's freshly waxed. Um. If you ever add another tier, that can pay for my elfin lead therapy. No. We need an elfin lead tier. If we all have the stuff for you, have to suffer you. To, I'm going to go to school in uh, whatever the, what they call the, the mystery inertia. Inertia. <laughs> inertia. I'm going to go to school in yeah. inertia, and my roommates are going to be these two cousins who live in an abandoned restaurant slash inn, depending on if you give a shit about continuity. And uh, I'm really going to need some help. <laughs> Wait, it's called <laughs> inertia? Ordeal. No, it's well, not called inertia. That's, just, that's what the subtitles call it. Oh, that's lame still. Uh, Devin. Yeah. Do you, do you have any internet presence that you would like people to know about? I do, but it's dead, so don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Jesse, I know you already did your coded Snapchat message last episode. <laughs> did you go back and listen? I uh, have have not. Okay. <gasps> well, I'm just, I'm just no, that's okay. I'm not. There's no call. Yeah, think of for later. Because I'm pretty sure I nailed it. Um. Yeah. Go back and listen to the previous episode. Um. Yeah. I don't care if you pay money or not. Yes, I'm kneecapping the creator of this <laughs> there. But m- honestly, I do like it if you engage with it. So yeah, my thing is if you want to hear my, um. I don't know, whatever the fuck, my social address, <laughs> my on my online presence, where you can find me, go listen to episode three. I call, I pretty much call it out pretty quickly that I'm like, oh, would it be funny if the next sentence is spelled out my Snapchat? <laughs> and you, you, it did. So, episode three, episode three, if you want to hit me up. You're going to make me look. Absolutely incredible. Uh, and now comes my personal favorite part, which Fuck. is where I fill Jesse with anticipation yes. and dread. Ah, <sighs> come on! I've I've been I've been holding on to this one for a while. Come on, oh, come on! I was so excited uh, when I didn't know what Elfin Lead was, and then and you that said sounds that. great. Don't worry, you're not gonna know what this one is either. It's awesome. Yeah. I I guarantee it. You might not have even heard the title before. Uh, except for if it was me rambling about this show because it's like forty percent of my personality. Oh, at least it's not. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. It could be worse. Yes. So our next show that we will be watching, ringing in the new year, continuing the festive and cheerful spirit, is Serial Experiments Lane. Is that Lane? L A N E. L A I N. Oh. He's yeah. thinking. I'm aware of that word. Are you? But not them in the string. What? Not that the string of words that make the show's title. Is Lane a character? Yes, Lane is a character. Lane is our protagonist. But you'll find <laughs> out uh, next week 
when we record that. Don't worry. It's still very festive. It's, it's in the spirit. It'll be a great thing to listen to while you all are recovering from your new year's hangovers. Actually, let me check the calendar. Is that even like accurate? Or am I implying that people are going to have super fucking long hangovers? I'll do it Um, just for this episode. No, actually, this is going to be coming out on New Year's Day. So, or the next one is going to be coming out on New Year's Day. So, yeah, you'll be able to enjoy some time with myself and Jesse uh, and us talking about Lane, which is a super comforting and not at all bizarre or non-festive anime. You hear, you hear her because viewers, you get a you get a little sneak peek. You know, we we like to keep a little, little wall between us. We don't want any parasocial relationships. But uh, you got to hear her lie to you the same way she lies to me. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Look, we're hey, is, that, that, is that the name of our fans now? Are, are our fans now viewers? <laughs> I'm kind. I'm gonna roll with this. Not viewers. listeners because they don't view anything. Tubers. God, I wonder no, no, no. what Bailey's up to. If uh, no, no, I, I think that our, our our fan base should be called viewers. They, they I'm, I'm on board with it. There's fewer and fewer every time. Oh, <laughs> say it like it is, baby. Oh. No. Right. How do you work with this as your brain anime? I know you're not supposed to sell the nickname here, but like, this is a, a no, I, I, I genuinely, I genuinely mean it because you keep accidentally saying viewers, and I, what's up, neuron? This shows how disengaged I am with not just anime, but maybe the entire world uh, on the whole. Viewers, I, I Listen, feel like, yeah, I feel like we're so animated in our discussions that you can almost perceive imagine us. it yeah <laughs> making up ways to make it wait make sense in the long run draw us what we look like in your mind palaces and now you get to see the way that i lie to her in the same way i've just lied to all of you. <laughs> oh fantastic all right well we will catch you all next time when we investigate some serial experiments happy holidays Yes, happy holidays to all of you. Be safe. Enjoy time with your families if that is in the cards. If not, enjoy whatever you're doing with yourself. Yeah. And have a safe and responsible new year. We'll see you in 2024 or, you know, oh. whatever floats your boat for oh, whatever year it ends up being. You know, just yeah. every year up till now has been followed by the next number doesn't mean it can't change. And don't care have a baby. We could. We could skip to 2025. We, we could. Yes. Also, don't kidnap a baby. That's like a fucked up thing to do. That's good yeah, advice, though. Is the fu- if, if you are good with your, your blood relatives, that's great. If it's found family, that's equally important and valid. Don't confuse Tokyo Godfathers and Tokyo Ghoul. Worst mistake of my life. If I heard Unravel <laughs> in the middle of Tokyo Godfathers, I would have lost my shit. <laughs> I'm not. No, it's just a... Yeah, she's cute. It's an all-timer. I haven't seen it, but she's cute. I don't know why people keep, like, putting her next to Evanescence.